so much for the warm welcome. Um, and it's a privilege to be able to speak into your context. Um, although I preached at the conference last year, every day since the conference, I feel like the Apostle Paul who said, I'm like the scum of the earth. And so I don't know why they got me up to preach at the conference. I don't know why they asked me to preach here today, but it's a privilege to preach here. And the reason why I say it's a privilege is that for those of you, my, I mean, my exposure to Joshua Generation Church is what we in the UK are looking to. And I'm like, we're far behind, and I'm just amazed by your church. So to be able to speak into your context, someone who's behind you telling you to keep running faster and running forward uh, feels a bit like out of place. And so before I even dive into today's word, um, I want to acknowledge a few people. Firstly, my wife. It's her first time in South Africa. <laughs> I think I've been, about, I've been here four times without her. Last year being 14 days. So I think this time she says, you're not going that long without me. Um, so yeah, she came along. I also have my son Noah. It's his first time here in South Africa. <laughs> and as well, um, I have my daughter Alia, but she's in kids' church and she's just loving life. I've not seen her much since we've been here. I think when we come back, she might be staying here. And so it's also great to be hosted by Dan and Sam Barnards as well. They really have welcomed us and been amazing. And just acknowledge a few people. It was Anton. I think it was last year. Him, Andre, Carmel. Was Kevin there as well? Or some? No, no. <laughs> some, someone else. Took, they took us into downtown at like 10 p.m. to play pool. And uh, it was a little bit scary, I must say. But I thought, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to preach, I have to appear brave. And so I was walking through downtown, but I was just sticking close to Anton. <laughs> but that was amazing. And Milani was with us in July. She was with us and was a blessing in our congregation. And even just living with you for just the few days that you was with us was amazing. And so I am going to preach. Some of you are like, where's the sermon? He just finally, I think the most messages I received from someone in 412 is Christine. All about admin. So I feel close to Christine. <laughs> but it's more just on an admin level. <laughs> but yeah, before we dive into the preach, um, the Apostle Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might win them. And I literally bought this K-Way jacket just so you can receive my sermon. But I am so hot in this. So K-Way is coming off. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to be received. I won't wear it again. <laughs> All right, if you can turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. And the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united. Everybody say united. In the same mind and the same judgment, for it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling or there's some fighting or there's some contention among you, my brothers. What I mean 
is that each, or, each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Luke or Christ, but that you be united. The word united means to be one. And there is great power when the church is one and when we are united. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, said every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself will stand. That I've seen that with marriages. A marriage where a couple is divided, it breaks down. I've seen it in family dynamics with parents, with siblings, where there's a division, where they're not one in mind, one in heart. It breaks down. I've seen it in organizations. I myself, by profession, am a teacher. I've seen it in schools, institutions break down because of division. And no different to the church. That when a church is not united, when we do not stand together, when there's not unity, it can break down. And it's important that we maintain the unity. And one of the biggest devices against unity is a breakdown of communication. It's when things are misheard or misread. And we find it in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Adam hears from God. The serpent goes to Eve and says, you know, did God truly say you, you cannot eat? And, and she says, well, well, Adam said this. There was a breakdown in communication. And I believe the devil does his absolute best to get in the midst of our communication. And if he can begin to interrupt and disturb our communication, he can interrupt our unity. And if our unity is interrupted, then we lose our power. But as a church, Milnerton, Josh Jen, every other partner in church that's here today, we are called to great power. And great power comes by great unity. And we've got to learn each other's language. We have to learn each other's culture, each other's idiosyncrasies, each other's differences. And it's no different as I will share as we go on. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, one of the famous quotes that we, we throw out there. Sometimes people don't even throw it out there like it's scripture. It just seems like a good saying. And it says, two are better than one. I want to pause for a moment. I'm going to explore that text a little further. But the writer says, two are better than one. You know, I've come to realize that two is better than one. However, one is better than two if two are not united. So you're better being one if you're, you're not united. However, two people united is much better. And so we want to be two, but we have to be one. And so it says they have a good reward for their toil. I'm going to unpack this a little bit, but... I'm suffering a little bit of trauma with this text. It reads, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. 
I'm, I'm really struggling to, to talk about that text because yesterday, spontaneously, Dan said to me, do you want to come paddleboarding? And I was like, I don't know what to expect. He said, Andrew's going to be there. I'm like, I can't say no now, can I? So we're driving there, and I think Dan can pick up. Like, as we're driving there, I'm asking him all these questions. I'm like, what is paddleboarding? What's going to happen? I'm like, is there sharks in the water? Is there all? I'm asking him all these questions. He's like, just bro, chill out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So we get out to do paddleboarding. And I'll save more of the details of the story another day. But towards the end, as I picked up a bit of confidence, Andrew's gone back to shore. Me and Dan are together. I'm following Dan's leading. And the next thing, the waves are taking me out further into the deep. And I'm like trying to swim back. I'm like, this ain't working. All I hear Dan say is, oh boy. <laughs> Dan said, oh boy. When he said, oh boy, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and then I'm thinking at this moment in time, Dan is going to save me. I see Dan swimming to the shore. I'm like, it's over for me. I'm going to die. I'm really going to die. So, I mean, this scripture, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. Not Dan, not Dan. He'll, he'll leave me out in the teeth. <laughs> Luke said he was convinced Dan wanted to preach here today, so he's trying to kill me. <laughs> But it says, woe to him who is alone when he falls. Actually, if I was to die in the deep yesterday, it doesn't matter if we were two. Because Dan wasn't saving me. I was fine one or I was fine two. However, if two are one, then it's better. Because what was going through my mind is that Dan could have came out. And this is not a dig at you, you know. I'm, I'm staying with him for like the rest of the week. <laughs> This is my last bit. I'm just trying to get them engaged. <laughs> but if, if Dan came and stood by me, maybe we would have been able to ride the wave better together. Sounds like a sermon I know, better together. But Dan just said, oh boy, and left me. So he has another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, it says they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. In Amos 3.3, it says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? We cannot walk together without agreement, without there being unity. You know... It's, it's even found in marriage. You know, in, in marriage, in Matthew 19, 5 to 6, when Jesus is dealing with divorce, he says that a man shall leave, quote in Genesis, a man shall leave his father and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. And what God has joined together, let not man separate. Jesus is addressing divorce, and he's saying, God has joined the married couple together. Man should not separate it. The two become one flesh. You know, it's the Lord's doing 
that Milnerton and Brooklyn joined together as one church. And I know it's a marriage illustration, but actually what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so we have to work through our differences. And so I asked a few questions just to pose out there. How is the merge going? How long has it been going? How many months? Three months. You don't know if it's going amazing yet with just three months. I said when me and my wife just got married, it was going amazing. Six months down the line, ask me again if it was going amazing. We had to work through some differences. We had to work through our language being different. In fact, can I borrow you just for a moment? I don't know if no one's going to work out, but join me a second. You know, when, when, when we just got married, I struggled to walk with my wife in public. She said, I, I want you to hold my hands. I'm like, okay, I'm getting used to this. And then when she used to walk with me, she used to like bump her hips into me every time. It's like she used to walk like that. It's like always, and it was so uncomfortable. We couldn't find a rhythm. I was like, is this better if I can just walk alone? You know, it's just always the hips bumping into me, bumping. And over time, we, we learned how to walk together in agreement. And then this one came along, and now we can't walk together. <laughs> but actually, two congregations coming together, you're learning to walk together. In fact, you've experienced different leadership. You come with a different culture. And walking together sometimes is going to be uncomfortable. It may not feel it now, and I'm glad you're on a honeymoon period. And I pray to God the honeymoon period will last long. However, if I could put a title on today's sermon, it's maintain the unity. Maintain the unity. Unity takes work. It really does take work to maintain unity and to be one and to walk together. You see, the model of the early church is that there was unity. We find it in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. It reads, all these, the thousands of people, with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brother. They were with, in one accord. In Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Verse 43, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together. There was a unity, there was a oneness, there was one mind, there was one judgment, there was one heart about the early church. Jesus prayed for his disciples, he prayed for us who were to come that we would be one. He says in John chapter 17 verse 20 to 21, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just 
as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent us. Jesus prayed for us to be one, to be united. You know, there's a a prosperity message that goes out there and, you know, people shout after blessings of materialistic things. But how many of you really want the blessings of the Lord upon your life? You know, often, you know, in Josh Gen 412, we're told to die to yourself, right? You're saying, I don't want blessings, I want to die. Actually, blessings, the Lord gives blessings. He commands blessings. How many of you want a blessing? How many of you, you want to be a part of a blessed church? Some of you are not really sure yet. You you don't want to be a part. You really don't want to be a part of a blessed church. Are you thinking, where is he going with this? In Psalms 133, it says, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell together in unity? It goes on to speak about how beautiful it is when we're united, when we're one. And it says, in that place, there the Lord commands a blessing. It's a promise. The Lord commands a blessing when the church is united. And I want us to experience the overflowing blessings of God by our obedience to being unified. By our work to maintaining the unity of the spirit. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 to 3 says, with all humility. You know, to, to really be united, to be one, requires humility. I found it with my wife when we just got married. I have to give up my right to be right in order for us to move forward. You know, we we have to be willing to lay it down and say, do you know what? I think I'm right in this situation. She thinks, do you know what? Let me lay it down. Just so that we can find unity. It says with gentleness. It says bearing with one another. Are there any people that you've just got to bear with? It says bearing with one another. In love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You know, from my own observation, being in church for a while and being in leadership, to maintain unity requires work. It's work to maintain unity. I have a garden at my house in the United Kingdom and we get a lot of rain. And so that means once I cut the grass, the grass is going to grow again. It's so frustrating. So sometimes I just leave the, the grass to grow a bit and then I will, you know, mow the lawn. And I'm very happy with it. And then after two days, it starts growing again. And it takes maintenance. And it's the same with the church. That just when we feel like we're at the place of unity, we're one. You know, one member speaks to another member out of tone. There's a bit of miscommunication or even just people feel a bit abandoned, feel a bit isolated and things build up within us and there's a distance and we've got to maintain the unity. It takes work. And you know, often my eyes can see the grass growing and it looks bad, but if I don't deal with it, I can become accustomed to it. Have you ever been there where if you have a garden and the grass is growing, you know that work needs to be done to it, but you've not dealt with it, so you're accustomed to it. Your eyes have adjusted to it. 
And it's the same with unity in the church, that sometimes it's that little offense. Sometimes it's that little bit of, in my heart, I'm a little bit segregated. I'm still going to come church on Sunday. I'm still going to be at life groups. But within me, it's something small, so I'm not going to deal with it. But actually, that thing keeps on growing. It grows, it grows, it becomes bigger, and it harvests into something that's unpleasant. And so it's important that even though it may seem small, we're eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And that's why we need to communicate. The Bible says that if we live in the light with one another, we confess our sins one to another. There we have true fellowship, true koinonia, true unity when we live in the light. And maybe sometimes, you know, you feel like, you know, I I don't want to make it a problem. I don't want to make it an issue, so I'm just going to keep quiet. But it's in the heart, and it's important that we let it out. We bring things in the open. You know, my, my wife, in the early days, she wouldn't share much with me. She's like, because I just feel like you're going to act a particular way, or you're, you're going to shut me down. And so we've got to learn how to receive someone's offense as well. That actually, even if it seems small to you, just raise it with me. Now I'm just accustomed to it. Oh, I didn't mean that. And she, she knows my heart. I know her heart. And we can move on, even in the smallest things. But we communicate. And we've got to learn how to share our offenses, but also learn how to receive. You know, because sometimes it could be straight defensive. No. No, you, you're overacting. And straight away it shuts down the person. But we need to work hard at maintaining and keeping the unity. And so Paul says, it was reported to me by Chloe's people that there's quarreling. I love me some Chloe's in the church. I love me some Chloe's. I need more Chloe's in the church. You know, from a leadership level... I've been leading our congregation in Essex for eight years this year, November. And I don't know everything that goes on on the ground. In life groups, all of that. It's just impossible. So I need me some Chloe's that will say, actually, this situation is getting a bit out of hand. So I've, 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 I've brought in a culture in the church that actually... Nobody's ears is a breeding ground for gossip. My ears are not a breeding ground for gossip. And so actually the the culture that we've adopted is if someone shares something with you about another person, you go speak directly to that person or we go together to that person. I'm not going to sit with this information about another person. And it comes in subtly. And I've seen it in my own leadership team. We, we brought on a new um, elder, elder couple onto our team earlier this year. And what happened was one of the elder couples were ministering into the context of these, these saints. And something arose where the elder couple had to discipline them. With obviously my perspective, my leading... And the saints went to another leader to bicker about the the process and everything. 
And so the other leader, who's probably more pastoral, probably thinking, I would have dealt with this situation slightly different. And you, you could see it fester, fostering in the atmosphere that there was a difference. And I had to bring my leaders together. And I, I said, number one, we, you know, it seems harmless that you want to create a space for people to speak to you and share. But the moment it's about someone else, we bring that in the open and we deal together. And, and even if you feel like, because sometimes, even on my own eldership team, we, we, including ourselves, there's four elder couples. We, we don't always do things the same way. It just, it doesn't happen. But actually, the final call is I'm going to bring the final call. And it may not be your way this time, but you move on. However, before the saints, before the congregation, we're one. It's never, he made that decision and that's not really how I would do it. But even on a ground level, we, we have the members that actually, if someone shares something with you about someone else, because, you know, from early, from when I was just growing up in the faith, I've never been one to sit around gossip. I can't sit around gossip. Do you know why? Because the moment someone shares something with me about someone else, it taints my judgment of that person based on your perspective. And so I've learned from early to bring things into the open. And if we're going to maintain the unity, we've got to watch out for when a conversation happens about somebody else. Have you spoken to that person? And I want to be sure that you've spoken to that person. We need some more clothes on the ground. I'm not sure if you have a term here. It's often used in schools. It's called safeguarding. You don't have this term? It's a legal term to say that every person has a responsibility, a legal responsibility to care for vulnerable children or vulnerable adults. And so there is a process, me being a teacher in a secondary school, that if I saw maybe, for example, a child... Um, was neglected, they've not had a bath in seven days, they, they're not well looked after from home, I would have to report that to the government. And they would deal with it. Social services would be involved. So it's a term called safeguarding. It's everyone's responsibility to ensure that every vulnerable child and vulnerable adult is cared for. I've created a term in the church called saint guarding. Saint guarding. It's where it's everyone's duty and everyone's responsibility to guard the church and to protect the unity of the church. Everyone has a part to play. And so at some time, it may just be in this conversation that I feel is about someone else or another leader and is slightly unfruitful, let's go and communicate about it. And it's all about communication. Things get lost in translation. All the time it gets lost in translation. And if we're going to be a church that is one with great power, our communication has to get strong. Has to be strong at all times. You know with the Tower of Babel, when, when humans just gathered together to build this tower, it's topped right into the heavens. God looks down and says, Nothing's going to prevent 
these guys from doing what they want to do as long as they're one and they have one language. God himself says in order to stop them from doing the impossible, I'm going to have to confuse their language. However, in building the kingdom, God brings our language together. That we're one mind and we're one heart. But the moment our language changes, the moment our language is different and it's not interpreted correctly through translation, it breaks the unity of the church. And I feel this so strongly prophetically for you as a church. Maybe the honeymoon period is still going. I don't know how long for, but we're going to need to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And then I'm not over-spiritual or spiritual in the UK. Probably in um, South Africa, you're probably more overtly spiritual. But I do think there's somewhat the demonic that works against the saints to confuse the language. Seeks to come in and, and let people start thinking a different way. I know it. I feel it. You can feel when someone's drifting away. And often it just takes us to be open. And so it was reported by 12 people that there was division and there was quarreling. And I'm going to close out on one more verse because my time is far spent. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, it reads, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I, I believe there's this charge that's going out today to say, will you live in the light? It's almost like with this merge of a new congregation and as it was said today that as you know you're in a bigger setting you may feel a little bit like I'm a bit more insignificant and I'm a bit hidden and, and maybe you know you're feeling a particular way and and you're here but you're not necessarily fully here and God says I want you to live in the light he wants us to be deeper as a congregation deeper in our unity one with another. Milnerton, you're going to be deep with Milnerton. Brooklyn, you're going to be deep with Brooklyn. But now two have become one. And we're learning to get deep together. We're not deep yet. It's only been two months. But actually, how I get deep is by living in the light with everyone. Taking the time to know every person in my congregation more and more deeper. And it's not, I just go to the one or two and, and share where I'm at. When someone really asks me how I am, it's, it's the Milnerton, it's the Brooklyn, it's, it's everyone. We are one. And so I want to pray for us. And then there was this sense that actually God wants to bring a call for those that may want to come forward and receive prayer.
I want to pray into the area of unity.